I'm Scott Farber, along with former New York Giant, current president of the NFL's Players Association. I gotta put my glasses on to read the rest of this. <laughs> Host of the Extra Point, our online TV show seen on this network, co-host of this podcast, and honored by the city of Memphis as a living legend. He's Larry Mallory. Thank you, thank you. Most important living. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're not you're not kidding. We were talking about that before we started taping, you know, That's right. as we walk in through the doors with aches and pains. Well, speaking of aches and pains, 33 years ago yesterday, you know, we tape on Monday, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then people get to start seeing this on Thursday, <clears throat> but it was 33 years ago yesterday, um, looking at the date, which was the 18th of November, Joe Theismann had that horrible leg break mm. on the field with uh, uh, New York giant Lawrence Taylor. Mm. And that was, you know, you know, Lawrence Taylor is arguably the greatest defensive player or one of the most vicious defensive players, whatever you want to say about him. Uh, but yet I felt he was so humanized in that moment because I'll never forget his reaction. Yeah. Like any of us would have reacted, you know, and I go, wow, this guy is a human. Yeah. But the reason I even bring it up, Larry, is that yesterday, 33 years later to the day, the Washington Redskins quarterback, Alex Smith, had the same horrible, grotesque injury, injury yeah. on the football field of breaking a leg in front of all of us to see that leg snap. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, number one, in front of the guy that 33 years ago, he was in the stadium. Oh, he was? Yeah, he was in the stadium, and when it happened, he was in one of the booths, and the, the, the camera actually went to Joe, and he was saying to someone, that happened to me, or something like that. They showed it on, on, uh, on television. So for him to be in the stadium... See that happen to Alex Smith in the same day. That was just absolutely ironic. But, but do you remember Lawrence Taylor's reaction, how upset he got at that moment? Yeah. And he started calling people in. You remember that? I do. I, I do. mean, you know, you, you, you know Lawrence, don't you? I do. I do. He's a, he, he was just like you said. He was one of the, obviously one of the best linebackers, one of the best defensive right. players. But he's also a great teammate. Right. And right. he was also a good, a good friend. If he was your friend... You had a good friend. If he wasn't your friend now... <laughs> yeah, I'd want to be his friend. <laughs> right. You yeah. didn't want to not be his friend. Yeah. But but he had a heart, and, and his, his objective in playing was not to hurt. It was to deliver pain, but it was not to hurt. Right. Well, that's what they all said. They just played tough, but they played clean. Yeah, they played clean. You, you know, I even remember, you know, when I watch highlights of uh, Dick Buckus, he really hit hard, too, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but I noticed that he... he you know, just on the highlights that I would see, I didn't see a lot of leading with the head. Yeah. You, you know, uh, um, uh, so with... Uh, and a lot yeah. of times, you know, a lot of times, Scott, the, the the first thing that happens to a human when they see something broken is that shock. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, a bone yeah, or yeah. when your finger's jammed up. And yeah, yeah. After you get that initial shock, then yeah. you remember, oh, I'm hurting too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny because we think of these big, tough football players <laughs> and true. some of them see blood. They, they melt like a lot that's of us true. do. That's true. Yeah. that's true. Yeah, but it's hard to see them in that light. But yeah, it was just a shame, but it was just so weird on the anniversary, you know, and everything. <clears throat> I wondered, honestly, you know what I wondered? I wondered if, there was a lady on the, they had a little truck that took him off the field. Right, right. And um, I, re I remember Drew Brees when he set his record, his wife and his children were right, there. Right, right. And I didn't know if she was the trainer, head trainer, right. or if she was his wife. Either way, you know, it was supportive. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, if, if she was a head trainer, it's just good to see uh, women evolving in sport, you know. 
uh, Condoleezza Rice was just offered to be <laughs> the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, yeah. you know, women are yeah. becoming more involved in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. So, uh, did she accept that position? Uh, no. No. So far, they hadn't said that she has. Um, but she is promoting women, you know, in sport. And if not the head coaching position, she might accept one of the business positions, general manager, something like that. Okay. I can see her more in that role. Yeah. You, you know, uh, um, so, you know, so the head coach, was that a serious offer or was that just to get some attention for women? I mean, you know, what do you think? Well, uh, I mean, I don't know if she has the background for uh, the head coach. I could see her in the front office. I, I totally agree. But, you know, the Cleveland, the Ohio situation is interesting. You know, Hugh Jackson gets right. fired from one team, right. ends up coaching on the other team. He's right. with the Bengals now. Right, right. So, and, and at one time, I think uh, Paul Brown helped, one of the teams helped the other team get started. They have a special little thing going on there in Ohio, yeah. and I don't know how that works. I, she might have the opportunity to get it in there somewhere. Now, now isn't she on the committee that picks the uh, playoffs for the uh, college football? That's right. Yeah. She's, okay. so she's associated with. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, one of our uh, one of our good friends here in the DFW Metroplex, Jen Welter, actually was one of the first female coaches. She played for the team here, the female football team that won the world championship four or five times, and then she became the linebacker coach for the Arizona Cardinals. She's no longer with them, but she played. She coached for about two years for the Cardinals. Wow! Yeah, okay. Jen Welter. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's neat. Well, you know, we talk about uh, you know the football players and the heavy hitting, and then uh, uh, the one thing that I've noticed too that goes on a lot when a player gets injured, guys from both teams kind of rally. You know, you said offer support, yeah. rally behind the guy, come up to him, they all kind of tap him, you know, talk to him. Was that like that in your day when somebody on the other team got injured? Did you guys uh, care? I mean, uh, I know you care. <laughs> and, and I know probably all of them care. Yeah. But did they stay on the sideline or did they go up to the guy? You know, how was it back then compared to now? Because now we see them going up, you know, walking up to them. Right. Back in, back in our day, um, if I made a comparison, I would say that if there was a serious injury, you know, all serious injuries, right. neck, uh, knocked out, right. um, something that uh, is no longer straight, it's right, broken right. or crooked. Everybody would acknowledge, you know, that, that right. uh, hope. Every team, no matter what, even in the old days, every team prays. Right, right. Every team knows that at any second, um, that you, you could... On any play. On any play at any second that, they, that you, could, you could not be here. So, yeah, there's an acknowledgement. There's historically been an acknowledgement right. of, of injuries, be them serious or not, but more the serious injuries. And, and even now, you're seeing a lot of young players, even on the serious injuries, both sides will kneel and say right. some prayer for that guy and his family. So, yeah. you know, um, play resumes. Are the players going at it immediately full force, or do you got to kind of work your way back into it? First couple of plays a little easier, or are you going? No, you're going. Yeah, uh, okay. You can't afford, you know, there's a constant filming of plays, and the film is paid back to you <laughs> after that game. Yeah. And if there's any show of non-aggression, non-commitment right. to whatever that business plan for that game was, right. then it's reinforced back and forth, back and forth. Hey, look, what are you doing? And that's wrong. You're not doing the right thing there. So, you know, on game film Mondays or whenever the showing of the film how intense is that for the players? I mean, are, are you really ridiculed? Is everything just 
open up in public, you know, when I say in public, I mm -hmm. mean, you know, just to the guys in there. And how do you all react? I mean, you don't ever pick on a guy and tease him one week because the next week it could be you, I, I would guess. How is that? And, and how hard is that to sit through? And how hard is it for the coaches, who I know you're, you're close to, for them to tear you guys apart when need be? You know, that's a great question. It's, it's, it's not hard. It's developmental. Right. It's almost like business. Uh, you immediately, in business, you make a sale or, or you work during the month and you have to wait till the end of the month to see what your monthly sales numbers or your monthly performance right, right. was. In professional sport, you see every week what you are not doing or what you are doing. And that film is a film which shows you that, oh, wow, I could have done this better or this is what I need to do or I won't be here long if I keep doing it like this. Right, I right, have to right. do something different. I'm just wondering if it gets into your guys' head at all, you know. Uh, it's actually yeah. expected. Yeah. Yeah, it's an expectation of improvement. And and even now, Scott, the reason I think it's really even more endemic now is that it's such a matchup game. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's like basketball used to be. You know, uh, this guy is going against this guy, so if we put him in this position, we win. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's where I, I think it's a developmental thing. And, and if you are that far off, of what the team's direction is, you will be cut. Yeah, you will yeah, be fired. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about the matchups. I'm seeing receivers are getting bigger every year. 6'2", six 6'5". Six but defensive backs still seem to be 5'10", 5'11". That's right. Why, why aren't they getting bigger? Well, they're not getting, they are getting bigger. They're getting taller. Well, I mean taller. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, receivers, though, the height advantage is definitely for the receivers right now. Without a doubt. Without you, a doubt. You know. uh, but, you know, with the, with the defensive backs, there's a, there's multiple responsibilities. You know, you got to tackle big guys. You got to run with, you got to thin off line. Right, right. And so that that is, there's only a certain amount of size that you can have. Speed and yeah. toughness is really more important than size. At yeah, this point. I just see those balls thrown up in the air. Yeah. And the tall guy wins. Yeah, and, and you're seeing quarterbacks adapt to that now. They're, yeah. they're actually purposely, you know, matchups. Yeah, yeah. And that's where that matchup game comes. Yeah. Not only are receivers getting uh, oversized, look at the running game. Yeah. Even yeah. the guys that are winning, if you have a solid running game, the Ezekiel right. Elliott's, the right. Saquon Barkley's, right. the Todd Gurley's, all of them are, are performing at a point where, you know, a defensive back coming up trying to hit a, a guy like this size, you have right. to know how to get him down to get him on the ground. Right, right. Well, we tape on Monday morning, so tonight we'll know the outcome of tonight's game uh -huh. by the time this goes live. And it's a great game. Many call it a matchup for the Super Bowl. We got the Chiefs and the Rams. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, two nine and one teams. Um, it's just uh, I'm excited about both teams. You got Patrick Mahomes, which is a Texas product, um, that's having a phenomenal year. And um, you also have, you know, you know my relationship with the McVay family. So right. on the Rams side, you have Jared Goff that's, that's done well. You know, I've listened a lot to the pundits try to say, who do you think is going to win? Well, you got two teams that's 9-1. and one. Mm -hmm. And it really, it's hard to say who's going to win. They, they both. But I mean, how important it is to their psyche. To the team psyche? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're the losing team and come playoff time, is that. 
you know. Well, they're nine and one, both nine and one. Yeah. So they're going in. Their psyche going in yeah. is I'm coming out ten and one. Right, but, but somebody's gonna, out, but somebody's gonna lose. Somebody's gonna lose. That's and right. And then they might be meeting each other. You know, can only be in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So how is that if you're the team that lost? Um, you know, just like that weekly uh, update that we talked about, looking at that film. Mm-hmm. These guys are at the top of the food chain right now. One loss to them is only two losses for the season to them. Right. Everyone else is that won't bother them at all. In fact, it might ignite them. They okay. they feel when you get to we're at the second half of the season now. And so they've gotten through the first half comfortably. Not a lot of injuries, you know, not a lot of problems on the team. This second half, they look to coast into the playoffs and get there. They're now, right now, getting ready for the playoffs. All right, so now on the, the, the other side of that coin, the Lions beat the Panthers yesterday by mm. a point. Mm. So I look at it and go, so are the expectations for the Panthers lessened now? Because we're in the second half and games are important. And not each game is, you know, life-threatening. But this, does that do anything to you when you're in the playoffs to go, man, we lost to a team well under 500? Mm-hmm. Or do you not think of it anymore at all? No, you, you, uh, one of the good things about that weekly film challenge, developmental challenge, right. uh, getting, getting pressed down by your coaches, is that if you can't put that behind you and get ready for the next week, you have a problem. You won't be there long. Okay, so now... Do the Titans have a problem? They had that. They just completely dominated New England. They have a and big, now. And now a week later, they lose. They have a big problem. Yeah. Not be, not because of of just one person, but because that one person has had such an impact on the team. And that's Mariota. Right. You know, he got injured again. Right. Um, I'm not sure about the. I think is Blake Bortles his backup. No, I Bortles think. is on uh, on Jaguars. On, on your right. favorite team. That's right. Well. Whoever that backup is, he didn't come in, and I don't think he – obviously he's not going to be a Mariota. Right. And so I, I think that that's where the impact on that team will be, you know, having that quarterback, uh, which was playing very, very well. Right. Now, uh, now and, are the Colts getting better? They're up to 5-5 five and five now, and uh, Luck seems to be having a pretty good year. He does. He, he seems like he's come off that injury very confidently. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I think, was his receiver that had a terrific game the other day. Um, I think he's really headed in a good direction. He's confident, yeah. and he's not. He doesn't feel as if it's, it's almost like he doesn't have that injury in his head. He's the same kind of 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 a strong arm quarterback as a Patrick Mahomes, as a uh, uh, the guy in uh, Green Bay. You know, Rod there's Jackson. Rod. Yeah, they they have good strong arms. As the guy with the Bears. Yeah, yeah. It's about time you mentioned the Bears. We've been doing this show already about 20 minutes, and you haven't said the Bears once. One of the, one of the things that I, I just recognized so strongly about the Bears was the arm strength of Trubisky. He's a great runner. Didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he is just coming around. I, I'm looking at that game, looking at Trubisky and thinking about you. Isn't that something? Well, let me, let me tell you something. And I wanted to talk to you about this, you know, uh, um, a little bit later, but I'm going to bring it up now. I kind of chuckle in a way, not that there's anything wrong with it, but the announcers still talk about the Bears like they haven't arrived yet. It's still, well, we'll have to wait and see. And I'm going, but wait a minute, it's a new coaching staff. It's all new players. And Trubisky's already been the player of the week twice this year. That's right. 
how much more do they have to prove to get acceptance? But that's okay because the announcers were still talking, and, I, and I'm not worried about the announcers, what they think, you know, but they're still talking about how we don't know about the Bears yet. But it reminded me when the Bears played the Cowboys, the year the Bears cleaned up and then won the Super Bowl, they came into Dallas, and I was at that game. I, I was the Bear fan. <laughs> the only Bear fan. <laughs> yeah, not hardly, but anyway... Um, I was at that game, and the Bears won that game 44 to nothing. Really? Do you want to see the video of it? I'm, what I'm, do you mean, really? I, that's a good it, number. It, I mean, this is a home game for the Cowboys. Yeah, the Bears 44. won 44 to nothing. Wow. And that was the year, you know, the Bears were undefeated. I don't remember where they were in the season. They might have been 8-0 or 9-0. The Cowboys had lost one game to that point and were the favorites. And John Madden and Pat Summerall were talking about how great – the Cowboys are, and talking about we're going to find we're going to learn something about these upstart Bears. You know, they weren't getting the credit back then either, mm -hmm. like I see the Bears today not getting. But in that game, as the game slowly wore on, and uh, um, it was obvious the Bears were dominating this, and it was becoming this terrible route. Both John Madden and Pat Summerall, I remember how they switched over from the upstart Bears to we're seeing one of the greatest teams I've ever seen. I mean, it was really interesting seeing Madden. Now, of course, you're going to say, how do I know this? Because you were at the game. Well, you know, I taped it and I watched it 800 times. Right. You know, so it was, it was just interesting, again, and, and not only because it's the Bears, but I wonder, you know, the announcers do that all the time when the team... Okay, the Bears have been terrible the last decade, yeah. but they're they've arrived, I think. Well, uh, you know, the Bears set a high a high bar for themselves. Sure, yeah, they they've uh, they're one of the original teams, they're a respected team. They're you know, when you think about the Bears, all you think about is pain. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Going to Chicago in the cold weather. You're speaking from experience, I'll tell you, that's what you think about. Right. And so I think that now. I think that one of the best things that could have happened to Trubisky is Khalil Mack. I think one right, of the best right. things that could happen to Khalil Mack was Trubisky. Right, right. I think that, I mean, he's coming around. He was only a one-year starter in college. Right. A one-year starter. That means that all the time that we've been talking about the Bears over the last two years, we really hadn't given them favor. Because a one-year starting college to be able to go to the pros and start it with a professional team right. and be expected to learn the speed of the game, to, right. to be expected right. to conquer all of these things, the microphone in your right. face right. every right. day. Right. You right. follow me? With very limited experience. With very limited. This young man has handled that. And, you know, I've not been a, a big promoter, but he has handled that, I think, better than than most young quarterbacks have handled. Sure, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a running quarterback now. I think he's the second largest, second runner to Cam Newton. Cam well, Newton. He took the lead. Oh, did, did, with he, this yeah, game? Yesterday, yeah. There we go. So, they, and then he's leading men. This is a right. one-year college starter that's attempting to lead men with mortgages and college college tuitions. Right, right. He had to get used to that, man. Right, right. And And I like the way that the team now has... You can tell the team has more confidence in him. Oh, yeah. Even the other players, he yeah. gets the ball to the right people. I mean, he and Patrick Mahomes, to me, are developing very well yeah. as NFL yeah. quarterbacks. Well, you know, as a Bear fan, it's fun seeing this, you know, you know, uh, uh, take place. They're still, you know, they're grabbing those big leads and still not putting teams away yet. They're letting them back into the game. 
you know, so you know there is room for improvement. Well, definitely, you, definitely. You know, um, definitely. What are they, six and three now? Seven, seven and three yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. There's room for improvement, but they've they've improved quicker this year than any year I've seen. Right, right, yeah, right. They're, they're and good. I got to attribute a lot of that to Nagy, the coach. The yeah, that's coach. True. You know, he put it in a pretty good system. And there's a guy who's a head coach who ten years ago was an intern. Yeah, there we go. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, so it's interesting. Uh, you know how how new they very are. All right, well, it's time to give a big shout-out to your uh, New York Giants. You guys are on a winning streak. Two in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that, like, ever happened before? Uh, it did, in 2013, <laughs> somewhere, yeah, 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 yeah. somewhere way back yeah, then. Yeah. Uh, this is Saquon Barkley. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big cowboy guy, but Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley, these are some fantastic running backs. Yeah. They're changing the the whole look of the the running game. Well, let me let me ask you about that because you know, um, and it's just trends in the NFL. You, you know, uh, Ezekiel and uh, uh, Barkley, they are very big parts of the success of their teams. Of course, the Giants are struggling a little bit this year, but he's a reason to be very hopeful and part of that two game winning streak. <clears throat> but on a team like the Bears or Mahomes, you know. I, on Kansas City, seems like the passing is is much more important now than the running. Well, I I, I beg to differ slightly. Okay. Uh, Hunt with the Kansas City and the other running back, I can't call his name, but okay. but they are fast and they are churning up yards, which releases Mahomes. Right, right, right. And then on the Kansas City side, Mahomes is very special because of the complexity right. of the offensive plays he's running. Right. I mean, they're turning and pumping and shipping and, and right, crossing. Right. And they're, they're doing stuff, you know, the young quarterbacks have to get accustomed to. Right. He, he's done that in the first half of the year. Right. So I think that the, the – just I think that your analysis of receivers is also an excellent analysis of running backs. Yeah, yeah. Every team that has a good running game won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Giants running game won. The Cowboys running game wins. Uh, th- these running backs are are re- relieving the quarterbacks. They're right. giving them a chance right. to go into play action. If you notice with the Cowboys, they started to go they started to go deep on the field on the first down because he was getting five and six yards on the second down. Right. And then now now all of a sudden you get a, a play action pass to stun the linebackers, and now you have room to get the ball to your receivers. Right. Right. So so. When everything is is clicking at the same time, like these two teams are, you know, I, I think you end up like they are. Well, we were talking earlier before we went on how tall it seems the wide receivers are getting now compared mm-hmm. to the defensive backs. So is that going to catch up? Do you think we're going to start seeing taller defensive backs? I know you were saying that that speed and the hitting is very important, but, you know, we're, you were also mentioning how quarterbacks seem to be adjusting to throwing that high pass. Yeah. You know, you are a lot. A lot of your corners now are lanky. You know, they're starting to be a little longer than they used to be. So they are starting to adjust a little bit. You yeah, think, you yeah, know. we're having to adjust. All right, now the Steelers. You know, at the beginning of the year it was the demise of the Steelers. Roethlisberger should retire. You know, there was all that talk. You know, and uh, sixteen games in every sport is a very short season. But boy, in football, it's a long season. It is. And now all of a sudden, Pittsburgh is sitting there 7-2-1. and one. The tie, again, of course, was against Cleveland. Yeah. And um, just wondering, are the Steelers going to be able to go deep in the playoffs? 
You know, so from my perspective, the Steelers have a legacy of winning. Right. Right. They, what they've won six in a row now. Yeah. Jaguars won, has lost five in a row. If you'd ask us, we'd have the same conversation at the beginning of the year. We would have thought it would be a, a little right, flip. Right, 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 right. So I, I think that the, the Steelers, even in this game, they started off, the Jags are 16 to nothing. Right. And here, right. here they come back. So to me, that's that tenacity on the team. And a penalty got the Jaguars, too, at the end. That sure did, sure yeah. did. And and when you when you have a legacy like the Patriots, when you have a legacy in that locker room of winning and overcoming adversity and making the adjustments at halftime that's required, I think that that's what you'll see. And that's what that's what I'm saying here. I mean, look at this. Le'Veon Bell, to me, was one of the better running backs. Big, right, good right. running back. Well, he's out now. Right. James Conner stepped in with no problem, right. giving them what they need. Right. That Smith-Schuster kid stepping in. Everyone is stepping in. Even the defense is challenging a lot better than they had before. So, if you want to beat the Steelers, you got to beat them and really beat them. Get out ahead of them because so, they're, they're a sixty-minute team. So let me ask you about the business aspect of the uh, of the business of the NFL. Mm-hmm. You lose a top running back, and you know we just kept hearing on all the money that he walked on, you know, holding out, and then you put in these new guys that don't have the big names that are doing well. Does that make teams sit back and take a little pause before they sign these? you know, better-known quality players to those massive contracts when they go, like you always say, the Greyhound bus is coming in with the next load. <laughs> Can you develop these guys? Because, you know, I still go back to what I always say. You're, you know, you make it to the NFL, you've been a superstar your whole life. Yeah. Now how do they, what do they do with who's arrived? Yeah. You know, so is that maybe going to hurt the salary structure when you find out guys could be replaced? Um, you know, that's an interesting perspective, <laughs> and uh, as I look at teams, that guys can be replaced. You know, we say yeah. they're like Greyhound buses; one leaves, another one's coming. But if you look at teams like the Patriots and the Steelers and the Cowboys, you know, they like to develop their own personnel. Right. You right. know, um, there's been multiple people in multiple positions with the Patriots, but if a team has a almost like a uh, a booklet. This is how my team runs. You don't run it. No individual guy runs it. No individual position runs it. This is how we run our organization, and you have to fit the organization. The organization doesn't have to fit you. Right, right. And when that happens, I think that's when you start to see the longevity right, of right. players. That's when you start to see guys that reach their peak in performance and then move on to somewhere else, and then the next guy comes in to reach his peak. So now is Bell going to be able to sign for all the money he wanted somewhere else? Or I, people... I think he will. I, I don't know if he'll be able to sign for all the money he wanted because, you know, the NFL ownership is, is, is a pretty tight fraternity. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he will be able to sign and he will be able to show that he can perform because right. he didn't play this year. So, you know, just saying that, is Kaepernick gone now forever? I think that I think that from uh, he's gone from playing quarterback in the National Football League. You think you think that's done? I think that's done. Um, of course, Nike took some of the stress away from him because they, that contract he got from Nike was almost quarterback money anyway. Correct, correct. You and know, I'm not, not sure, not really quite, but still enough to survive. On. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he if he you know there's new leagues coming up this um, this Alliance League and all those type yeah. things. I'm not sure if he would want to play in those types of environments. I think he, he's probably out now. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's probably is he reconciled in his brain then? Do you think to be out? Um, I, I think he's done that. I, I think he probably got advice on that prior because it's been a big wave right, right. of information that he started started, and and I I really believe that as a nation that there's going to be someone that um, some company like Nike or some organization that understands where he was coming from, understands his perspective, and keeps him um, financially solid. So now, also on the business side, was it worth it for the Oakland Raiders to get a win yesterday against Arizona? Because now the uh, the uh, draft picking starts flip-flopping along. <laughs> I mean, what's more important, getting that second and third or fourth win or getting that draft pick number a little bit better? Well, timing is everything, and whoever loses to the Cardinals really are looked upon worse than the Cardinals are looked upon. <laughs> so I don't think this year it gives you any credence to lose to the Cardinals. I think right. that, especially if you have a $10 million contract for 10 years. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about getting uh, that, <laughs> that, that player, that next player on the Greyhound bus. Well, when you also, when you get that kind of money and you send out somebody, which you're happy that he did, yeah. like Khalil Mack, yeah, yeah. you know, it's questionable where you are. Yeah, so you better start winning. Yeah, you better start winning. Yeah, you you better start. keep winning, too. So are the Eagles having a Super Bowl letdown, or are they just an awful team suddenly? Well, I think you. we must have been writing our notes together because that's one of the points that I brought up. I think that, you know, they're going through that Super Bowl, uh, what did I call it? Uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, you, you got so much notoriety and you're constantly speaking engagements and all of that, so... Well, I, well, I always think, too, though, uh, how hard, you know, the wind sprints at 5 a.m. that nobody knows you're doing, you know, the 2,000 push-ups before you go to practice. It's a little bit harder to do all that after you're the Super Bowl champ. You know, it's hard That's to true. say, okay, I'm going to go do my wind sprints tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. before uh, practice. That's just maybe, a good you, point. maybe you don't do them. That's true. That's you know, true. You, you've made it to the top and... It's a little bit easier not to do all that hard work. Does that have any kind of effect on there? I've never been to, uh, unfortunately, never been to a Super Bowl, but I would imagine that would have some effect. Repeating is hard, so I'm sure I always look for reasons why you don't repeat. Well, and I would add this to it. I got an extra, what, $182,000 check or a big check. Right, right. Even if I lost, so my family... Uh, is happy. very happy. I probably had to take my wife on vacation. Yeah. I probably had to... Uh, do some things during the off season that right. you know financially I might not have could have done before. Right. So not only is it uh, football related stuff, you know that you don't necessarily get a chance to get back to, but it's family related stuff that you might be doing that you've never had a chance to do before. Right. Right. Yes. Right. So it all play, plays a role. It is the time. Your time management after a Super Bowl is a challenge. Yeah. Because everybody wants to see the ring. Everybody, you go to church. Oh, show me yeah, Super Bowl yeah, ring yeah, in church, yeah, yeah. right? So, yeah. it, it, it's consuming. I would yeah. imagine. Well, that's why you know, and, and I and I keep going back to golf, Tiger Woods, because he's the only one that we really could think of that you know maybe Jack Nicholas in his day, but uh, Tiger, you know, just would go out to win, win, win. And I look at these young guys. <clears throat> You know, like even Jordan Spieth, we all thought he was going to be the next Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And he still can be because he's still young. But it seems like they all have, once they win those majors, they have a little fall off. You know, even in golf that, you know, then the majors are the only thing important to them. You know, I, you know. Well, you know, Scott, I think also that this, we just walked both of us into 
uh, an old age era. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And that's yeah. the reason I said is because, see, in our day, when you made the kind, when you won those things, you didn't get the kind of money that these guys get now. Right, Even right, when right. Tiger was first starting to win. Right, right. Yeah. But now, if you win one golf tournament, right. you really kind of set for life. Well, you're it's a millionaire. Like, yeah, you're a millionaire. Yeah. Right? If you, so, and, and the, the salaries that now, that, that's being paid to the NFL guys, that's much different than when, right, right. when in our yeah. day. So, I think part of that too is the fact that, you know, if you have access to that much capital in a capitalistic country, then you're going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, what, what, <laughs> one of the things that I that I always laugh about is you see all the guys sitting around the bar with their beers and their wings, you know, arguing did so and so get enough money for thirty million? Oh, we should have given him more, and he would have come to our team. And I sit there and I go, you know, if the average guy is making forty or fifty grand a year, right. and he's and he's upset that we didn't pay somebody more than 30 million to bring them to our team there's something wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well we know what side we like to be on though. well of course <laughs> and they would too That's you know, right. but, but i sit there and i go it, it just amazes me how we think you, you know oh yeah. we didn't pay michael jordan enough his last year at 30 million or whatever yeah. you, you know and i'm going um you, you know case keenum signs for what 36 million for two years yeah yeah you know. yeah well, great. I mean, good for him. <laughs> good for him. That's, That's right. right. You know, if somebody's him. willing to pay it, they should get it. That's right. You if know, I find somebody willing to pay you, I'll make sure I let them know. Oh, too. my gosh. It just drives me crazy. You know how we're always having to prove and, you know, and refight to get the same contract over and over. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different. <clears throat> All right. Um, before we end today, we, we've got to go to college football, I think. Okay. Just a little bit. We got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, top three, all at eleven and zero, followed by Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington State. They all have a loss. Then there's undefeated UCF, uh, rated nine. Uh, their coach is Josh Heupel. I didn't even know this, but Josh Heupel used to be the quarterback <laughs> of the Sooners mm-hmm. uh, a few years back. And LSU is uh, in there, and Ohio State. Each with a loss. I guess Ohio State might have two losses. Um, one loss in college football literally makes for a wasted season. Seems as though, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you lose a game and there go your playoff hopes. Yeah. Um, does that all, but your playoff hopes might be gone, but your, are the bowl hopes gone? No, no, you know, you're bowl eligible if you win six games in a year. But there's, yeah, you know, there's right. 275, just kidding, bowl games. <laughs> right. You know, there's a, like 35 or 40, there's an enormous amount of bowl games. But the ones that are important are, are those, you know, the playoffs with those final four teams. And this year, a team with a loss will be in the final four. But it's just so funny to me because, you know, you lose a, a game along the way. Does it really mean you fall from second to number eight? You know, that somebody made a great play or there was a penalty. I mean, I, I mean. That's how it, that, I mean, that, that's where we are now. When you have the caliber of athletes, it's all going to, you know, we talked about, uh, we came out of HBCUs, right? Historical right. black colleges and universities. Good athletes now are having the opportunity to get to the higher universities and right, right. better conditions. You don't even see many guys, you know, at the end of the NFL games now, they, they corner they, the guy's face pops up. Uh, John Morris, University of Alabama. Right. 
you hear more Alabama. Right, right. <laughs> Alabama, Florida, right. Alabama. Florida. Right, right. LSU now, Clemson. Those are the, these teams. Are going to get the top players. Are attracting the top players. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, a one, one loss now is a, is, is, is a representation of how you recruit it. Right. That's how tight it is. Yeah. And that's where, you know, companies like, I mean, uh, colleges like Alabama and Florida and those colleges have pushed it. That's why, you know, we're loyal to the state of Tennessee, and that's why we want Jason Whitten right. and and uh, Peyton Manning to become the head coaches of Tennessee, so that we can compete in recruiting right. the right kids. Right, right. Because if you don't get the right kids, you won't you won't you'll have that one on your yeah. loss column yeah. every year. Peyton Manning, I see slated for a sitcom. <laughs> really, I really see Peyton Manning doing a comedy sitcom. He's great on his little uh, TV commercials. What is it? Uh, insurance companies yeah, nationwide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nationwide is yeah, on yeah. side. You know, um, but I see him uh, uh, going on the TV route. Well, I don't see him going coaching. I see him doing a sitcom. I think we just solved Tennessee's problems. Because what you're saying is that you need a, a you know, like a publicity kind of guy, a high-level kind of guy to be the head coach. Which he could, like our head coach in college, he didn't do much football, but he could sell us yeah, very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jason Witten becomes the head coach, which is a good football player, state run, and now Tennessee competes with Alabama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I can't tease you about your age because I'm actually six months older than you or true, something like true, that. True. But I do want to let everybody know that um, your first job. You were the official greeter of the pilgrims coming over for Thanksgiving. That's true. That's very true. Very true. And I still had the same suit that I had then. You know, <laughs> that's right. Larry never parts with anything. Another one with anything. You know, his house has storage boxes from way back. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Man. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Scott. All right. And uh, keep up the good work with Generations Broadcast Network. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. All right. Oh man. Oh man. Oh, man.